Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host for today's episode, and I'm so glad you're joining me. I want to take a minute before we get started and invite you to head over to our socials, Facebook and Instagram. Follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights this podcast, Unshaken, our blog called Planted, our mom-to-mom ministry aimed at encouraging mothers in the work they do, and also our Regarding Him conference that happens yearly in March. There is so much good content on these socials, you are not going to want to miss it, so go follow them today. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory, like Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, CastBox. It helps us out and it also helps you out because you get notifications of new episodes that drop each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to us at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you ever have any ideas, suggestions, or thoughts about an episode. Or maybe you just want to tell me about something that you heard on an episode and how it impacted you. Finally, Unshaken is a podcast for women, put on by women, and our goal is to encourage and challenge and point women to Jesus Christ. And as you know, with Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Hey, let's jump right into our episode today. All right, well, welcome to today's episode number 121. Today, we're going to jump into our 10th installment of Feminology. I hope that you have been listening to these each month on the first Thursday they drop. They have been great. And if you haven't listened to them, I encourage you to head back to January and start listening to all of this particular focus on our feminology and how we need to grow and learn to be a biblical woman. Today, we're going to jump into today's focus on how we are called to be a biblical woman. I want to welcome Adrienne McClavick to our podcast today. She's been with us before. We've heard some of her talks. We've talked, you and I, together about a lot of things, actually, on the podcast, which is great. Adrienne, I'm really thankful that you're here today. I'm really thankful to be here. Thanks. Adrienne is going to walk us through the last three episodes, so today and then the next two that are coming up in November and December. Um, Again, just a reminder, they come out on the first Thursday of each month. Um, Often we need to be reminded, though, Adrienne, of how we need to be thankful. I don't know if you have that issue in your life, but I often need to be reminded to be thankful. So what is the thing that you are most thankful for today? Like right now, like maybe something from this week or... Oh, that's hard. This has been... There's been a lot of things to be thankful for to God about this week. Um, I would say one thing in particular, this past long weekend, my daughter and her husband invited our family to join them at a little Airbnb in the hills of Kentucky, which is not something we normally do, like go away for, you know, we don't travel much or whatever. So it was my daughter's family, and then my husband and I and the three kids we still have at home. And it was just a delightful, delightful weekend. Just so much fun, a time to just... uh, slow down a little bit and I have a new grandbaby so I got Ooh. to hold him a lot. <laughs> I was going to ask you I think I saw pictures of this vacation and I wondered if you were in the um if you went mudding. It looked like some <laughs> people were mudding in a big like a what do they call those dune buggies? I don't know what those are uh, called. Four wheelers. Yeah four I said wheelers. it was a time to slow down but not actually when we were doing the four wheeling thing because yeah that was a little bit that's crazy. Funny. I did take a turn in it yes. Yeah that's fun. Yeah. I, I'm not surprised actually. Um, I, I know that I'm thankful right now for the work that I have two daughters and I have three daughters but two of them particularly love to work in the garden and they mm-hmm. have been really diligent about watering for me. 
which means my plants look beautiful because I always forget and then they die. Um, so I'm really thankful. I'm also really thankful for tomatoes. Do you like tomatoes? I love garden tomatoes. In fact, I'm looking for someone who's growing some garden tomatoes who wants to donate some to I me. I can probably donate okay, some to you. I'm happy about that. Um, we just had a plentiful supply and I actually couldn't keep up with them. I had to throw some of them oh out. Oh, goodness. Um, I wish I would have known, Adrian. Yes, I'll give you I really some. want some garden tomatoes. And I got motivated last week and I, number one, froze a whole bunch of them because you can it. freeze them whole uh-huh. and then you just take them out of your freezer and you put them in warm water and the peel just pull, pulls oh, I right off. I know that. I know. I learned that this summer. I mean, huh. you can teach an old dog new tricks. Yes. You really can. And I made some uh, salsa which is really yummy, but it is good. And I am really thankful for those types of seasons to be able to do that. And I'm thankful for my daughters and the work they do on my garden because that's the reason it looks so good. (laughs) It's not It did look good. I noticed when I walked up, your flowers are beautiful. Um, All right. Well, let's review from our first nine episodes. You have a lot to review. Um, Wow. That is a lot that we have to talk through. So if you haven't listened, just a reminder, go back and listen. Adrian, what are those first episodes kind of give us a summary okay yes I'm not going to go blow by both of the nine episodes but if I could do like okay the takeaways for me basically is that the world tells us that there's no difference between feminine strength and masculine strength that they're just interchangeable that is just not true strong godly women might not be able to let's say bench press as much as an average man but we are called to be strong and carrying out the roles that God has given women, particularly the roles of helper and nurturer and follower, takes real strength. Mm. And on the flip side, women are also called to be soft. And our culture would define soft as weak, but that's not accurate at all. A soft woman thinks the best of others. She's convicted by her own sin, and she humbly seeks to change. And when I think about women I know who are the most godly, I would say they are soft. But they are also leaders and productive and strong. Hmm. Yeah. I think one of the things, my takeaways is you can be soft and you can be strong. Exactly. And I think often the world says you can't do both. And that if you are strong, you know, in yourself, that you can't be soft. Right. Right. <laughs> but that's actually not true. And so. they would define soft as being weak. Yes. Right. Which is, we discussed the definitions. You got to define things. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Adrian, I have mentioned before on the podcast that I love history. I really enjoy listening to history podcasts. I like to read about history. I actually enjoyed history in high school. I know I'm out of high school and college, and I, but I just love to learn about things, and I enjoy that time period in history during World War II, like right after or during that time period. There was um, really during this time the government had to ration food. I don't I know neither of us would know this right. unless of because of history. Right. Um, without history, I should say, like sugar, butter, milk, cheese, eggs, meat, and even canned goods. There was labor and transportation shortages, and it made it really hard to harvest and move fruit and vegetables around the country. Funny we talked about tomatoes, but yes. this is important. I mean, this was happening. And there was this huge campaign to ask people to plant a victory garden. The idea that a garden would help you get the food you need to live so that you could do that and we didn't have to worry, we could focus on the war. Nearly uh, two, 20 million Americans decided that they would dig up part of their backyard or maybe even take an empty lot in their neighborhood if they lived in a city and make it into a garden. Some of them in the city even made rooftop gardens. That's amazing. And neighbors pulled their resources. They worked together. Actually, some of the current food co-ops actually began back in the you know, Hmm. 40s and 30s because they were trying to help deal with this problem. I think this is a pretty cool part of history. I like the idea of a victory garden. 
And um, actually, interestingly, in 1943, families bought 315,000 pressure cookers across America. And these were used to can. And I think women still use these today. Um, so they could can all their fruits and vegetables. And then in ni- But in 1942, so the year before, they only there were only 66,000 that were purchased. Wow. So that's a huge difference. Um, I think it's pretty cool to learn about how to be industrious. Our nation was at the time. And I think it's good that we learn about it. Um, I mean, I have an Instapot, so I think I'm in there. I have one too. Yeah, so it would be, but yes. <laughs> basically, I make rice in it and macaroni and cheese and hard boiled eggs. Yeah, basically, mine has become a very expensive <laughs> hard boiled egg. Yes, me too. So maybe I need to learn how to can. But anyway, yeah. we don't have to can to be industrious. But actually, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about this particular aspect of being a godly biblical woman and how you and I can be industrious, how our families are helped, how the world is helped by us being industrious. So let's start with a few easy questions. Adrian, what is industriousness? Is that even a word, I wonder? Maybe not. What is the opposite of being industrious? Well, very simply, I would define being industrious as being a hard worker, and the opposite of that would just be being lazy. Okay. And okay, so you use the word industriousness. So I guess it is a word. I think so. The English person you are. Okay, good. All right, I feel better now. What are different aspects of or areas of being industrious and and what might those look like? Okay, yeah, I thought about, I thought about an industrious person and what would set them apart from someone who was perhaps lazy or just not very motivated. And there was a couple of things. I think having high standards for our work is one of things. Um, Not thinking, oh, that's good enough. Hmm. You know, really caring about how things are done and also being self-starting, like seeing what needs to be done, anticipating what needs to be done and then doing it, following Hmm. through. All the way till the end. All the way through the end until it's done. And this translates into all all areas of our lives, whether we work outside the home or not, whether we live alone or we have a large family. We can even be industrious in our relationships Hmm. and making an effort to do the hard work in cultivating friendships or cultivating a marriage or being a mother yeah or work in some way like outside of the home exactly inside outside there are so many ways that's really cool I like how you divided those into two pieces that we can think about today because that's going to help us I think okay to go through this to think about those two things having a high standard and also being self-starter I would have called that taking initiative Mm -hmm. to my kids like come on take initiative right Right. (laughs) can you not see that your bedroom is a mess right Right. don't you care right (laughs) right yeah having a high standard (laughs) and the initiative okay so I guess let's start with why would a woman be industrious? I mean, like maybe even why would a woman want to be industrious? Well, that's a good question. And I think at the most basic level, we should be industrious because God tells us to be Hmm. in many places throughout scripture. And probably the one that I return to over and over is Colossians 3.23, which is whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord not Mm. men. And this verse has encouraged me through really my entire adult life. And when I was a student, you know, I wasn't just memorizing the anatomy of a cell to spit it out on a test. I was working hard to memorize because God had given me the ability to learn and the opportunity to get an education. Mm. And when I was a mama of littles, I was getting up in the middle of the night to feed my babies, but I wasn't just stopping the crying so I could get back to bed. I was working hard to please the Lord who had given me this little one to soothe and comfort Hmm. and love. And 
Now, you know, at middle age, my roles are changing as my kids are growing up and leaving the home and, and my days are filled often with other work. But it's, you know, this verse just really applies across the board, whether we're working in a job or working at home or working in the church, we're to work hard because we're actually working to please the Lord. Mm, that is really good. That's a great foundation for this conversation today because this isn't about just being industrious to make ourselves feel better. Right. There's much more to it. Right. What examples in the Bible show or tell us how to be industrious? Maybe there's even both sides of it, right? Because you, you you brought up the word laziness. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing there's someone who could have a good work ethic and be you know, industrious and someone who's not. So what are some good examples? Okay, it was hard to narrow them down. There are so many good <laughs> right. examples. And even, Just a couple. We yes, only want to yes, have this be okay. 45 minutes. <laughs> um, you know, from the very beginning, pre-fall, God's plan was for his people to work. In Genesis 1, God created the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. That's mm. what it says, to work it and take care of it. And this was pre-fall, which is an important thing, I think, to keep in mind that work is not part of the curse. And what do you mean by fall? When Adam and Eve sinned okay, and everything changed. Yes. And then, you know, God cursed the work of the man and made it difficult. Yep. You know, by the sweat of your brow, you shall bring forth food and that sort of thing. You know, it became more difficult. But yes. even before that happened, God's intent was for men and women to work. That's awesome. Yeah that's, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. And what was the first command that God ever gave Adam and Eve? Be fruitful and multiply. So, yes, be fruitful and um, increase the number, fill the earth, subdue it. So that includes having children. And even if it was pre-fall, having kids is hard work. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they didn't have diapers. You know, they had to, I don't know, oh, use leaves, leaves or what? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but then, you know, throughout Scripture, you could talk about Ruth. You could talk about Paul in the New Testament. But my favorite example has to be Joseph. Mm. And if if someone who is listening has not read the story of Joseph, Google it so you find that exactly where you know in scripture it is a page turner the life of yep. Joseph is a page turner I've been so shocked it hasn't been turned into a movie or something well there was not a very good okay musical but oh oh yeah well yeah that's <laughs> but true I, I understand what you're saying and I think his, it's like a novel it reads like a novel it does. and it's so interesting to me that everywhere that Joseph went whether he was you know wrongly sold as a slave whether he was wrongly accused and thrown into a dungeon everywhere he went and finally, when God, you know, gave him the place second in the land to Pharaoh, everywhere he worked, he was known for being such a good worker. Yeah. Even when he was in terrible right. situations, he set himself apart because of his diligence yeah. in whatever place he was at. Yeah, I heard somebody, though, reference recently that these these stories in the Bible, that we should reference them as true stories. Right. Because the cool thing about this is it actually happened. Right. They're not characters in the Bible. Yeah. They're actually people. Right. And this really happened. So it's kind of cool to think, yes. wow, Joseph lived this. He lived industriousness. He did. So that's a great example. Do you yeah. have any others? Well, I have some negative examples I was thinking oh. about. You okay, know. good. And really going to the book of Proverbs, there are so many that warn against mm. people being a sluggard, which I love that word. It's so discreet. <laughs> we need to bring that word back. I like that. That's sluggard. our word of the day. Don't Use be that a word. sluggard. And Proverbs twenty one twenty five: the craving of a sluggard will be the death of him mm. because his hands refuse to work. Proverbs fourteen twenty three: all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Hmm. And then Proverbs twelve eleven: those who work their land have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Wow. And these are just three. That right. Just th- you know, there are many. 
talking about the dangers of being a sluggard. Yeah, and you know, that would be a great thing to spend some time doing is to, as you're reading in the Bible, is to write down some of the words that you come across that have to do with work if you're struggling. That's just a a good idea to see what the Bible says about both sides of it. And the Proverbs is a great place to start for sure. Okay, in the past few episodes of Feminology, we on on Feminology have referenced Proverbs. We've specifically talked about Proverbs 31. We talked about it on the topic of strength, clearly, and a little more subtly for softness because it doesn't specifically have the word softness in it. But can we find in Proverbs 31 this idea of industriousness? Oh, absolutely. Proverbs 31 is so rich, and I would encourage our listeners to go and read it. It's one chapter. It doesn't take but a few minutes. And even to memorize it, this mm-hmm. would be a wonderful chapter to memorize. And it is actually a quite easy one to memorize because of the way it's laid out. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, it teaches us so many things about being industrious and is really specific to women. Hmm. Right. And it's really more than I have time to detail right now, but I'll just mention some of the principles Um, Verse 13 says, she selects wool and flax. She works with eager hands. And if we pair that with verse 17, it says, she sets about her work vigorously and her arms are strong for her task. And this really speaks about her attitude towards work, even mundane work. I mean, she's not doing anything lofty and exciting here. She's she's working with wool. She's working with flax. And the adjectives that are used, she works eagerly Mm. and vigorously. Mm-hmm. And there's been a time when I actually wrote the words eagerly, vigorously on a card and put it mm. on my windowsill because it's just you such a picture. the reminders. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then if we, okay, so let's go on to verse 15. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. And verse 18, pair it with that one. She, it says, she sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. And we see in those two verses that the industrious woman is not ruled by a desire for sleep and rest. Mm. She It looks like she's the first one up. She's the last one to sleep. Not because she's watching Netflix, but because <laughs> she is. it's due to the work that she right. has. And so she gets up early to provide food. Right. You know, it's dark out. She's, right. you know, she's just getting her stuff done. Yeah, she's not sitting at night watching Netflix on organizing shows. Right. right exactly. How to organize something. She's actually doing She's it. She's doing it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And a couple more. Verse 16. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Mm-hmm. Verse 24. She makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies the merchants with sashes. So you can see that she's a resourceful woman right. who is contributing to the financial well-being of her family. And this could, you know, she's obviously working outside of her home here right. to sell and and she's making things and she's, you know, farming and this sort of thing for profit. And even if you don't work outside the home, um, there are things, many things that you can do to work hard to make your family resources stretch. Yes. Yes. There's a lot. There are a lot. Well, I go back to the very beginning when we talked about growing a garden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is what America did during that time was yes. to make their budget stretch by growing right. their own fruit and vegetables. And right. For me, if I use those tomatoes that I froze, then I'm yeah. actually doing that, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and just being disciplined about how we spend yeah, the absolutely. money and, you know, using the shopping apps or whatever. You know, there's lots of ways. Um, and then finally, one more, verse 20, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. And I think that's an important element because her industriousness also talks about serving others. Mm. And her work is not only within the four walls of her house, although there are certainly seasons when the majority of our work right. will be inside the walls of our home. 
um, if we have children. Um, but we also are to minister to others yep. and not just be you know, a fortress and to reach right. out. And this does take work. Yeah. I, I think you've challenged all of us with this to go back and read Proverbs 31. I think every woman it's, listening should so helpful. put that on a little sticky note and remember to read that sometime this yeah. next week. Yeah. Because, and maybe be something we do once a month, maybe on the first of the month, we take a minute and read Proverbs 31 because what a great reminder it to is. us of all the things that God is calling women to do. Right. It's a great, a great one. Yeah. And it goes beyond just being industrious. Proverbs 31 also addresses how we're to deal with our children, how we yep. deal to, to yep. our husbands. Yep. How we're to, it's I think just, it's, it is excellent. It is. Okay. So let's jump into thinking about is, you know, being industrious, is that just keeping house, you know, like being a good housekeeper? It seems like that might be something that we need to think about. Yeah, it is definitely not just that. I mean, okay. it includes that, but being industrious extends into many other areas. And I can be, let's say for those people who have kids, I can be industrious in my parenting, hmm. which would look like, you know, following through with disciplining my kids and to work hard at engaging my children rather than plopping them in front of a screen hmm. and to read them a book when I would rather maybe scroll through my own phone to just right. really engage and right. there are so many ways to be either lazy or industrious in my parenting. And I can be industrious in my other relationships as a wife, as a daughter, as a mother-in-law, as a daughter-in-law, as a friend. And in all those relationships, I can take the easy road, just kind of let things happen. Or I can be intentional mm. and creative and work hard in building those relationships. Hmm, that's yeah. interesting. It made me think, you know, like folding laundry or getting my laundry done or cleaning my bathroom. That is um, definitely something that we just really have to jump in and physically work on. But it's interesting. I like your word intentional mm -hmm. when it comes to relationships. That's how we work hard in relationships. Right. Is the intentionality of making the time and the – that's just really cool. I love how you brought, brought that out. Yeah. That's good to remember. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, I also can be lazy or industrious in the workplace. I can be a thoughtful employee who performs well, even when no one is watching mm. or seeing me. And of course, we can also be industrious or laziest or lazy in our relationship with the mm. Lord. Yep. Am I setting a time apart to read the Bible, to actually focus on it and set aside other things? Am I building my relationship with the Lord through prayer? Or am I just shooting up arrow prayers as I think of something, mm. as something hits me during the day? I mean, we can certainly shoot up arrow prayers, but sure. we also should be making time and being disciplined about praying. Yeah, that's really, those are, that last one's interesting because we would never think we would be lazy in our relationship with the Lord. It just doesn't come to our mind. Yeah. But I remember a season when I found the very beginning of having a smartphone and I found out I could listen to the Bible on audio. Mm. And I thought, this is awesome. You know, I can listen to the Bible on audio. And then I started to only listen to the Bible mm. on audio. Mm -hmm. And I stopped listening to the Bible, although it was playing. And I started thinking about other things and I started doing other things. And before you know it, I'm paying my bills. And I went, wait a minute, wait a minute. <gasps> Whoa, I can't do this. And I had to pull back and I've had seasons. I still like to listen to the Bible on audio, but mm -hmm. I had I have to purpose to be... I guess, industrious about making sure that I'm paying attention to it oh. and following along. And I usually have my Bible open. I, I'm an audio learner, so it does help me. But I think that's interesting how easy I can, you can become lazy. Right. Even in something like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. So Adrian, now that we have learned that the Bible tells us how important it is to be industrious, let's talk a little bit about how sin might affect this industriousness. 
and I think you've alluded to a few of the thing, the areas, but how does sin creep into godly industriousness? What are some traps that women should be aware of? I just told you one of mine a minute ago, and that was, you know, my using the audio Bible, which again is a positive thing. Right. But it can be, it can fall into laziness. Yeah, there's many things that we could talk about here, but I'll just mention a couple that, and they're really two sides of a coin that are opposites. And there's a trend that I would call the hot mess woman mm. and her home is a wreck and her kids are running all over her and she just gets a pass if she says oh I'm a hot mess and we're all a hot mess and that's just fine you just love yourself and you be you <laughs> and I do think it's important to love yourself as a daughter sure. of God but the whole hot mess description which has really gained a lot of traction yeah there's a lot <laughs> um yep. I think that really gives us an excuse not to change. Mm. And, you know, I could admit I'm a hot mess and then have an excuse not to change. And that is not being industrious. Mm. So what I should do is say, yes, I am a hot mess. And it is going to take some hard work to break these bad habits. And a lot of those bad habits are actually sins that need to be identified and confessed and repented from and replaced with good habits and that takes hard work and that helps relying on the Lord yep. and keeping the godly goals in front of us that we actually want to work towards praying yep. for his help and strength to do that yeah and starting with one thing yes like we we've all been the hot mess woman at some point probably mm-hmm. and so starting with one thing helps and then yeah. moving to the next thing right not feeling like you have to fix it overnight Right. Because it took a while to get there. Right. (laughs) To be a hot mess. Yeah, exactly. So if your house is a hot mess, then start with one drawer at a day. One drawer a day. Clean it out. (laughs) Okay. Now you said there was two sides of the coin. So what what does that mean? Okay. So the flip side of that, I could be super hardworking in the home and other areas of life, but maybe my motivation is sinful. So I could be, you know, really being industrious and striving to do all that, but the the motivation in that is to really glorify myself and to paint this picture of my life that's picture perfect so you envy me and think mm. I'm so great. And you can make Instagram stories yeah. of how amazing your house looks and how yes. clean your kids are. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah, I just found out about filters. I know I'm, this is like, oh! I just didn't have the particular apps that have filters and one of my kids showed me and I was like, whoa, look how good I look. I know, I'm with you, yeah. <laughs> and yep. then I took off the filter and I'm like, oh, there I am. Yeah, that's right. I've, I've seen people show those Yeah, and it's really funny. They look amazing and then they show you the real person and they look like a real person. Yes, yep. I know, that's yep. so funny. So we can do that with our lives too. Yeah, just like. Yes, put on a yeah. filter and yeah. it doesn't look, it's not real. Right. It's all a facade, yeah. Mm-hmm. I also will say that I think, and maybe this is alluded to in what you said, but pride is a sin that creeps into oh, yeah. really all of our lives um, it creeps into this one too, this area. Uh, there's pride in both sides of what you shared. For example, maybe you're judgy because someone has a clean house and kept up and you pridefully judge her for being a perfectionist or for being too clean. And and then there's the judgment from someone who does industriousness well and they can think that their way is the only way, like canning. Right. Like we talked about that. I don't can, but someone might look at me and say, oh, you are not really a very good woman because you don't can. And if you canned, you would have all of your cans lined up, you know, all your jars lined up nicely. You know, I just think it's easy for pride to fall into any of these. And probably that's because pride is a root sin that affects us all, right? Absolutely. (laughs) 
All right. You know, Adrian, wrapping up today's episode on feminology and focusing on how we need to be industrious as a woman, what would be like three things that we should remember? Okay. I think the primary one would be that God wants us to be hardworking. He's not neutral about it. He makes it very clear that he wants us to be hardworking. And a great motivator in being a hard worker is to realize that whatever work I do, I am actually working for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that Colossians 3.23 verse, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. That's one that I've had on my windowsill in the past Mm -hmm. too. And finally, I think um, being industrious is important across all areas of our lives, in our work inside and outside their home, in our human relationships, and also in our relationship with God. Hmm, that's great. I, I like the verse um, that I have a verse in my laundry room forever that was do not grow weary. Oh, that's good. And I, I, I that was from Galatians. Um, and I, I think it was really good. It's a really good reminder mm-hmm. to not grow weary in the work that we do. And that requires us to continue and keep trusting. And you, you talked about that, trusting in Christ. Right. And that helps when you know your work isn't for the little kids in your house to see because they'll never care. <laughs> right. It just provides the motivation. We realize that we're yep. actually doing this for an audience of one. Yep. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Yep. Yeah. I had and that verse over my sink and in my bathroom and in my laundry room, the one you mentioned, Colossians 323. Yeah. And I made my kids memorize that one because oh, yeah, that's good. it's one we need to know. And yep. it's, if you're going to memorize a verse, that's a good one to start with. It is. Adrian, thanks so much for coming on today. You'll be back in November and December, right? Yes. Yep. Looking and forward to it. we're going to talk more about this concept of industriousness and being a woman and how they go together. Um, Adrian, would you pray for us today? Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to speak about industriousness. Thank you that you provided us um, a picture in your word of what that looks like. And that we don't have to guess about your thoughts on being industrious. And I pray that that we would work hard for your glory, that you would remove our pride in that, that we would just um, keep you as our focus and that you would help us to set aside laziness and everything that distracts us and that we would be diligent to work hard at the things that you put before us. Hmm. And we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm so glad you joined us today. Next week on episode 122, we will be listening in on a panel of moms as they answer questions about motherhood and parenting and organizing your home and keeping your kids focused and, you know, all that mom stuff. It's going to be a great conversation. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of God. Until next time.